Yes, what is cracking, y'all? Welcome to The Chosen Ones. I'm your host, Joseph Richard Powell. I will be interviewing incredible human beings who are making an impact, living a life they love, and are hella good at what they do. From base camp to the peak of success, we are closing the gap between life barely lived to life on fire. Let's go. All right. We have a very special guest on the episode today, and I just want to tell the viewers before I allow you to introduce yourself, the reason why uh, you stuck out to me that I wanted to have you on the podcast. Typically, I'm going through this process where I'm interviewing people to come on the podcast. Typically, we have, I would say, uh, even at this moment, probably 300 messages I'm trying to get through of people who have reached out who are interested. And it's all about people who are designing their dream life, creating freedom in their life, people who, you know, and I know the term dream life can be a bit fluffy in some cases, but essentially just the idea of living a life they truly love with the idea of hoping to inspire other people to do the same, to take the leap, to prioritize their happiness and to live a life that they love. Now, today we're going to be touching on that, but today there's also a much more important message that I want to touch on, which is also important to myself. So I have a gentleman on the podcast today by the name of Robert Fletcher. He also mentioned that I can call him Bob. And Robert has an incredible story, which I'm going to get you to share with us before I dive into a million questions that I would love to ask you. And it's very interesting because actually, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, we're both Canadians, but we're both in Costa Rica. And I think we're about an hour from each other. (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. So right there, I think we're uh, we're on the right track in terms of creating a life that's pretty awesome. I mean, I got nothing against Canada, but you really can't beat the weather here. But anyways, before I go on and ramble for too long, please bring us up to speed and my listeners... uh, who you are, maybe a brief uh, story of your timeline and this incredible thing that you're about to do, which I'm very excited to share with the audience. Well, um, as you said in your introduction, my name's Robert Fletcher, and I spend uh, almost all my time in Costa Rica. I live in Liberia with my wife and uh, adopted daughter there. I've been there for about seven years. Uh, I taught for 30 years with the Edmonton Public School Board. I had a great life uh, with my wife and raised a family and have three grandchildren. Unfortunately, my wife passed away about nine years ago. And during all that time, I did a lot of traveling, mostly uh, because my wife loved to travel and she would instigate quite a few things, such as. In 1968, uh, she convinced me that we should travel around the world and uh, see the rest of the world, and we did that. In 1972, we went bikepacking for the first time across France and uh, southern England. And all this time, it was uh, a life that we enjoyed. We raised our children participated in all kinds of sports together, such as uh, golf, sailing, running, biking, those kind of things. And it wasn't until uh, after retirement that uh, we started to spend more time on the road, especially in places like Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. And then when she passed away in 2013, I decided to start doing some things in her memory. And uh, one was she always wanted to walk the Camino de Santiago. So I did that across the northern route for 800 kilometers in 31 days. And I dedicated the uh, certificate to her. She also loved the book Kilimanjaro. So that led me to find a way to climb that mountain. and. From there, we just started, uh, I started doing more adventures, and a lot of the adventures included riding a bicycle. And uh, 
I've been to over 100 countries and I've ridden my bike in maybe 22 different countries. And so I call myself an adventure cyclist using the cycle to get around and see things as well. But I don't uh, always need a bicycle. There's lots of times I travel. Uh, like right now, I'm talking to you from Canada. I'm up here uh, to uh, visit my granddaughters, 18th birthday, and then off to Vancouver uh, to speak to some of my sponsors. Um, I guess that's kind of an introduction to me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Was living in Living in Costa Rica is a good thing because I'm not a resident, so I have to live uh, leave every 90 days. So it gives me excuse to uh, pick a country or pick something to do. And it helps with the adventure thing that I have to leave the country and go somewhere else. So it's, it, that's kind of cool. Absolutely. That's a great perspective. And I've always had the same as well, where I've been talking to people and they talk about it like it's this kind of pain in the butt where it's like, what an incredible excuse to have to to have to leave somewhere and what, even when i lived in taiwan in the past that was the case as well and you know we would go to hong kong for a weekend or thailand or you know take these mandatory trips <laughs> you know of course if you can afford them but what a great problem to have of you know being forced to take a mini holiday but yeah the only bad part is that when you come back you got to have a an airline ticket for your exit uh, thing so sometimes that uh, creates a little problem and trying to plan ahead 90 days to figure out where you want to go. But uh, there's ways around that as well. Here you are navigating it. It's uh, it's incredible. Now, I could talk for hours just based on everything you just told me, but there's something very exciting that you're planning to do here in the new in the near future, which I would definitely like people to know about to not only support you but just the the message that you're doing something like this is just it absolutely blows my mind do you want to bring us in on what you're up to sure um i'll be uh well i'm 79 now i'll be 80 uh, on august 19th and about a year ago i started thinking of what should i do to celebrate making it through 80 years of my life and I toyed with some ideas. Uh, what could I do? I thought, well, I've done two uh, Caminos de Santiago. I did one walking and I did one on a bicycle on two different roads. So I thought, well, I could ride a horse because there's only three ways you can be, uh, get your certificate, and that's to walk, ride a bike, or ride a horse. And uh, I rejected that because... I've never ridden a horse, basically, and I, I felt, ah, that's probably not that great. It might be a little boring. So then I thought, well, I could go back to the Amazon and go down the Amazon. And then uh, my wife, who is from uh, Colombia, said, well, you know, Bob, you're probably going to have to eat monkey brains and snakes and things like that. And, oh, maybe I don't want to don't want to do that. Yeah. I tossed around a few other things. I haven't been to West Africa, and I thought, well, there's a lot of countries there I could visit and explore. And uh, Gloria said, no, you're not doing that without me. Okay. So I sat down one night and turned on the television. I started watching Ewan McGregor and Charlie Bronfman's series on uh, traveling around the world. One was The Long Way Around. Another one was the long way down from the top of Scotland to the bottom of Africa to Cape Town. And the third one was the long way up where they rode electric motorcycles from Usuela, Argentina to Los Angeles. And at that time, I said to Gloria, that's it. I can ride an electric bike from uh, Alaska down to Panama. And uh, that stuck and that's I started planning this trip. I'm going to leave uh, North Pole, Alaska on July the 4th, American Independence Day, and uh, ride for a little over five months until I get to Panama City around uh, December 5th or 6th. So I've spent a year planning that. I've spent the year... Uh, 
looking for sponsors. I've got some very good sponsors. Uh, I've got a writing partner. I've got a, a film crew that's going to accompany me, a three-man film crew. And uh, it's going to be a good adventure. People ask me, what are my goals? Well, one was to celebrate my 80th birthday. But the other goal I have is to have people recognize that seniors are quite capable of doing a lot of things, that life isn't over at retirement, uh, that we can uh, be active, we can be active physically and mentally. And I also want to motivate uh, seniors to get out of their comfort zone. Get off the sofa. In my case, uh, the book I'm writing is Octogenarian Odyssey, trading a sofa for a bicycle seat. So convince people that they can do it, convince people to get out of their comfort zone and start to do something that is different. And I hope uh, that I can succeed in doing that through the the film we're making, the book, and the social media that. Uh, we're going to be posting every week. So that's what's ahead of me. Uh, three three months left to uh, get in shape, although I just finished a 1,300-kilometer ride around Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago, so I think I'm strong enough now. I just need to wait for July the 4th. Holy moly. <laughs> that is, you know, to think about that, I don't want to scare you off. I'm sure you put a lot of thought into it probably every night before bed, but the North Pole to Panama, what an incredible mission. Well, it's it's actually the North Pole City, which is a, a town 13 kilometers outside of uh, Fairbanks. So it's not the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, I used to say I'm riding from Fairbanks, but uh, then I thought, I saw on the map North Pole. Oh, that makes a better story if I can say I'm riding from the North North Pole, Alaska down. Absolutely. And we're, ha- we're happy to give that to you. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a lot to, to say, a lot, or a lot to, there's a lot going on in my head, even from the, when you had first reached out with your story that for the reason why I wanted to have you on. And I think our message is, very aligned with the purpose of this podcast and what I'm trying to do with encourage people to love their life and live life fully and take advantage of this incredible time that we have here. And something interesting is I have the conversation a lot with people, you know, maybe in their thirties or in their twenties who are, you know, working the job nonstop and trying to explain to them, you know, life can be enjoyed and we're in this culture at the moment where we, where we're working way too much, but there's something very interesting that I talk about aside from this conversation. And I apologize if you guys can hear a hammer. There's some, as you know, in Costa Rica, the working hours change once in a while. So I'm dealing with some construction, but if you hear it in the episode, I apologize. But anyways, there's, I talk about in my book, which I, which I, wrote a while back, very short book called The Chosen Ones, which is the same name as this podcast, with the idea that essentially we enter two phases of life. One being, uh, you know, the first half of life is kind of learning, making mistakes, understanding who we are as human beings, gaining mental maturity, emotional maturity, life experience, all of these things. And the idea that As we enter the second phase of life, which can happen, you know, whether it's that time of midlife crisis or 40 or 50 or whenever it might be that these are often times with myself as a coach that I would meet clients, which are people who are at this point in their life where they've kind of built themselves up. And now they've hit a point in their life where maybe they've been doing the same thing for a few years. They're not really satisfied or feeling fulfilled. And one of the things that I find, which is really interesting with what I do is shifting the perspective with people that at this point in your life, your life isn't half over. In fact, we should be looking at our life as just beginning at this point, because the reality is now we finally understand who we are. We have this incredible self-awareness. We are mature emotionally and mentally. We really understand who we are, that now is a great time that we should be asking the question, 
you know, what do I want to do with my life? And this is really a time when our life should begin because, you know, I know in my personal experience, the first 25 years was a mess. You know, I'm just trying to figure out who I am, making all kinds of mistakes to finally get to this beautiful place where it seems like every year is better and better because I'm learning more about who I am. So I have this message that I like to share with people and it really resonates with them about, let's not look at it as, you know, there's not much left for me to do here. Let's look at it as this is a brand new day and like your life is really just beginning. And I think what you're doing with this message is so incredible to share that with people that it's what we make it. There is so much that we are capable of, you know, talk about, uh, reaching our full potential for doing things, you know, that you're doing. And I think it's just such an incredible message that we, we never need to stop living, you know, and it's all about mindset and it's all about discomfort, I believe is a huge part of it. And of course, you know, you'll, you'll know better from, from experience as well. But I think all of these things that you're trying to share is such an incredible message that something that I've been talking about, but then you come here and you're like, Hey, I'm about to do this. And it just blows it all out of the water. Like, wow, what a, not only talking about it, but what a statement to go out there and show all of us that, you know, we are here to live, you know, this isn't about retiring and then just kind of chilling and, you know, that being, you know, it was a good run. We got a lot to do here. And let's make every moment of this while we're here. And I just think that's such a powerful message that that you're sharing with people. One of the things, you know, that uh, when my wife passed away, about a month, I sort of felt, well, my my life is over. My partner's gone. The things we did ended. And it was a case I might go for a bicycle ride. I would come home and cook some frozen food and maybe drink a bottle of wine and fall asleep on the sofa watching television. And after about a month, it was like, wow, I can't go down this slippery slope. I got to get back and start doing things again. And the other thing that happens is I don't consider myself as doing anything special. Like people will give me credit for this, as you've just uh, pointed out, but in my mind, it's just the normal kind of thing to be doing. And uh, I'm just a normal guy doing uh, some things that I like to do. But uh, again, uh, people say, well, you're doing this. Well, yes, uh, a few years back, I did ride from Alaska to Mexico City for about 10,000 kilometers. So I'm not really leaving my comfort zone on this trip because I've been there, I've done that. So I, I have no doubt that I will be able to do it, uh, given everything. But uh, part of the comfort, getting out of this comfort zone was the enormous planning and how to finance it and how to find some sponsors and more of a mental exercise uh, for me that was new and different on this particular trip coming up. That's interesting. Yeah, there's uh, so many ways to get out of our comfort zone, whether it's, you know, there is that part of it that we're, com- that we're comfortable with if we've done it a few times, but you're absolutely right. It's, there's so many other things to consider that uh, just willing to, to take that step is, is an incredible thing. And of course, people are always the most humble when they're doing the, the greatest things. But have you always been, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of fitness and uh, exercise and all of the all of these things specifically for mental health I find for me it helps drastically if I get myself in a slump it can be very detrimental to my health I find exercise is pretty much a lifesaver in my opinion have you always been into exercise and fitness your entire life is this something you picked up with your wife or when did this kind of show up in your life well I always uh, participated in sports I always you know did the uh... Little League Baseball, high school football, uh, played hockey, uh, then switched to some other sports uh, later on. But during my life, whether it was at work and time, I went through periods of time where I put on a lot of weight uh, and I didn't do the exercise. And then 
at various times you sort of see yourself for the first time and wow you're overweight that's not very good and you've got to start back on there and get back in shape again and start working uh, to get down to the level of the weight that you want to be just for the health reasons so there's been a few times where i slacked off and uh, ate too much drank too much uh spent too much time at work, uh, those kind of things, and didn't get the uh, exercise. But uh, over the past, I would say, 20 years, it's been pretty well exercising with uh, triathlons or marathons or the bike riding. In fact, part of the triathlons, and they're not Ironman triathlons, they're just the Olympic-sized one, was that I found that Biking was my strongest component compared to swimming and running. So uh, biking for me each day is a way to clear my mind. I spend a lot of time planning. If I go for a two-hour bike ride, my mind is going around and round about the upcoming trip. And I get ideas like how to improve it, what to delete, those kind of things. So if I don't get out five days a week, then I'm feeling I'm pretty guilty uh, and uh, I've got to make the following week even better yeah so uh, exercise is fantastic for thinking and health wise yeah it's and not to take away anything from this incredible thing that you're doing but I often do feel the same in terms of when we find something we're passionate about or, you know, look, you know, I think of surfing as an example of being a Canadian and now living in this country where I have these, you know, the beautiful ocean and these waves beside me of a lot of times with and even with the people who may be the most successful in their field or um, doing things that they really love. It really almost does become an obsession where it's like, wow, you're very dedicated. You know, how are you so dedicated to this? And I can't believe how motivated you are and disciplined where essentially I think at some point in our life, it's something that we enjoy so much that it really just does become this thing that we're fanatic about. And I'm like that with, you know, even my coaching business, if I'm not working in it, I just, I'm always thinking about it. If And surfing is the same way and traveling up, there's these things where it's like, I don't consider myself, I mean, I still consider you special because this is an incredible thing you're doing, but in my case, I don't consider myself motivated or uh, someone who's really determined to practice surfing. I'm just really interested in, I just really want to do it. And it becomes an obsession in a lot of cases in my, in my situation. A lot of people say, well, how can you even get out on a bike and ride 13,500 kilometers to Panama day in and day out? And I say, well, it's like work. You get up in the morning, you have your breakfast, you get on your bike, you ride for a couple hours, you stop for a coffee break and a cinnamon bun, you then ride for a few more hours and you have lunch and then you ride a few more hours and maybe uh, have a beer and then four o'clock your day is finished and it's time to sit around the campfire or whatever and and reminisce about the day. So it's like going to work every seven days. You take a rest day and work on your bike or just uh, go sightseeing, things like that. So it's, it's like going to work, you know, in my case. it's fu- That's funny. You said cinnamon bun. I haven't eaten a, I don't know, the last time I had a cinnamon bun, but I just did a motorcycle trip around Costa Rica myself. I got back last week. And for some reason, I, I got in this really awesome routine where I got up, I think, about 6 a.m., I was sleeping in a dorm with about 10 other people, so it was easy to get up. I'm also go to bed pretty early. But then I would get up, get on my bike right away. I would go for a couple hours, and then typically I would stop and grab a coffee and a cinnamon bun. I don't know why, but that just kind of, <laughs> there must be something about those. But yeah, that just kind of became my routine. And then my day, you know, I would travel for six six hours that day, and then I would kind of set up shop for that day in that location. And then the next day I would pick up and go. And it's just such an incredible, you're always moving and seeing new places and you're not sitting for too long. It was a really, I mean, again, nothing in comparison. This was, (laughs) we're talking about 10 days, but yeah. 
Um, one thing I want to ask is because I feel like there's two different audiences here, which is a, 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 something I love about us having this conversation for who we're talking to. And when I talk about an audience that might be 20 years old or 30 or 40 years old, when I say things like stepping out of your comfort zone and trying new things to build confidence and for all of these reasons, it's it's a pretty common conversation. These are a lot of buzzwords that are quite common that we hear today. When, when we're talking to an audience of, say, 80 years old or 70 years old or 60 years old, is this something, you know, this idea of stepping out of your comfort zone, if we're talking to these people, is this a foreign language in a sense? Or is it, you know, just such a buzz term that we hear these days, but it always hasn't been like that. And I think with different generations, you know, growing up, when, when I think of my dad, for example, you know, having, getting a good secure job, getting married, buying a house, that really was the vision. And people for the most part were quite happy with that, where for whatever reason today, we seem, it seems like people are a lot more unfulfilled and they're looking for a little bit more, you know, I think greed has really entered the picture in a lot of ways. Times are not so simple anymore where it's having this conversation is more, is more common, but I'm, you know, when you, if you're talking to your audience and you talk about, Hey, let's get off the couch and grab a bicycle seat and let's get out of our comfort zone. How is that message received? Is that something like, I'm very curious as to what do they do with that message? Is that I'm sure it's motivating to some, but it must be like, who is this guy? Like, this is incredible. Whereas something where I'm talking about this, it's a lot more common. An example would be the last night we had Sunday dinner with the family, the 11, 12 people around. And um, my sister-in-law uh, said that, I'm a little upset with you telling me to get out of my comfort zone. I'm very happy in my comfort zone. I don't want to leave my comfort zone. And I said, fine, uh, that's all great. Uh, what I'm talking about are, I think uh, I saw some data the other day from the Canadian Mental Health that about 20% of seniors have a mental health problem through either uh, alcohol addiction, uh, physical uh, problems. I'm talking to those 20%, I think, more than the others that are quite happy doing what they're doing and uh, living a productive, healthy life. Uh, so I want to get to those 20%. And the other thing that uh, came to mind was on my uh, Facebook postings on the various uh, groups, I get... Uh, 99.9% of the comments coming back. Uh, oh, thank you. If you if you can do it at 80, I can do it at 60, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, thanks. I just broke my hip. And it's good to hear that uh, you did the same thing, but you're back cycling. You can overcome these things. Uh, so there's a lot of feedback from the population of uh, cyclists over 60. And uh, I think I've already achieved part of my goal, just motivating those people before I even have started on this, that uh, motivate them that, oh, maybe I can get my bike out of the garage and, and ride to the supermarket today or something. Well, that's the step. But it's, I think it's difficult for some. Uh, for example, I was talking to my daughter. And she asked, uh, isn't it difficult to get out of your comfort zone? And I thought, and I gave her an example when I was in um, Zanzibar one week prior to flying to uh, Kilimanjaro to Moshi to climb. And I'm on the beach. I have a, a beautiful Tanzanian lady with me. Uh, Life couldn't be better. I'm in paradise. Everything is good. And I'm thinking, why in hell am I going to go and leave this and climb a mountain that I really don't want to climb, you know? Uh, and then uh, that led to, okay, I got on the plane. I got there. We get up to the mountain and then we got a summit that night. 
And I'm sitting there looking and thinking, oh, geez, how do I get out of here? What can I think? Excuse where I can't make this climb. And my guide, Robbie, he said, quit psyching yourself out. You know. Anyway, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Even if I die doing it, I'm going to give it a go. And so I forced myself out of that comfort zone. I get, did the summit. You get to the top. Adrenaline kicks in, you're happy, and then you start down again. And I think that's the story about all kinds of leaving your comfort zone is you got to fight through. You got to have something, a goal, and then you start to question why you're doing this because it is out of your comfort zone. And then once you've done it, it becomes your comfort zone. And then you can move on to other uh, things and it also gives you a history you can look back on well i did do that ride through india and i survived i think i can survive this particular day of hardship that i'm on today so it's tough to get people out of the comfort zone but they need a goal and then they need to know that once they get through it their comfort zone becomes even bigger uh, than what they have absolutely um <clears throat> and for sure. And even in my world as a coach, you know, there's people who resonate with your message. There's people who, you know, they don't believe what you're buying. You're going to get a little bit of everyone, but it's those, the messages, you know, the person, the private messages I get from people like, Hey, I just want you to know that I, you know, I was really in a hard place and you know, what you're sharing is really hitting me in the right way. And you're always going to get different types of feedback, but you know, to understand what we're really capable of, uh, as as a human being, I think is something it's really interesting for us to discover and the feeling that you get from from just, you know, accomplishments, let alone large accomplishments. But, you know, it's just such a such an incredible message, I think, to be sharing because you're right. It is this thing where after you retire, worth, you know, just relax and enjoy it. But I think there's something in that the continued pursuit and wanting to be moving. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to stop working. I mean, maybe that changes of course, but you know, there's things, a lot of things that I do like moving my body that really make me feel like I'm alive and feel like they're keeping me healthy. That it's interesting to me that we have this society where we're supposed to not maybe not supposed to, but the trend is that we stop doing these things at a certain age when probably these are the things that are really helping us to feel the best and to really be encouraging that for people is so important. And, uh, you know, we all have, I believe we all have our own little audience and by doing things in our own little way, we can reach our people and just encourage a couple other people who, you know, this really will make you feel better and bring you, you know, kind of bring a new, wave of energy back into your life in a lot of cases and maybe it doesn't mean riding a bike maybe for you it's playing music again or you know whatever it might be for that individual yeah uh, playing music painting the picture uh, some hobbies like uh, i used to think uh, okay golf was great i can golf three four or five times a week but i don't think i could be doing it seven days a week uh, 12 months of the year that uh, you do need, I think, a little variety as well, and you need to be trying different things. Uh, and I know for myself that uh, I crashed the bike uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, just a fluke, and I fractured my hip, broke three ribs, knocked myself unconscious. And I think if I hadn't been in a decent physical shape that I might have ended up like a lot of people when they fall and break a hip that, that a lot of them never leave the hospital. And I think because of the uh, physical exercise, I was able to mend quite quickly. And now I'm 100% uh, riding the bike. Uh, there's no pain or anything else. And I think physically being fit got me through uh, a bad crash. Uh, and I, I'm thankful for that. Huh. Yeah. It's, there's so many things that are showing up for me for us to have this conversation, which are so powerful for me. One of them also being 
the thing that I'm really trying to, to do for people or the message I'm trying to share is really to encourage people to start just loving their life again, whatever that looks like. If it means travel more, if it means doing, you know, finding a hobby or pursuing your passion. And it's almost like this idea of I'm trying to find different ways to help or to not help, but encourage people to take that leap. And one of the interesting ways I might be able to do this is, is for sure through this conversation, but through this question as well of, you know, you mentioned that there was a time with your wife as far back as 1968. And, you know, even that she had encouraged to, uh, you know, to take these trips and to take this, you know, to take these time together to travel and to do all of these incredible things. I have to think that to look back to see that you shared that time together in that adventure must have been such an incredible experience that you must be very happy that you decided to do something like that back then when you had the opportunity. Is that, is that true? It, it is uh, very true and it stands out as a major focus point in my life. Uh, what happened was that I finished uh, graduating from the uh, University of Alberta in education and I decided, well, my wife is working as a nurse. I'm a student. I kind of like that. I'm going to take up gradu graduate school. So I went and saw the dean, and the dean basically said, Bob, you should go get some life experience before you come to graduate school, get some teaching experience. So I went home, and I said to Beth, uh, well, I guess I'm not going to graduate school that uh, – the dean said, I need to get some life experience. She said, good, let's go to Australia, and then we'll continue around the world. And there wasn't any discussion. It was, okay, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. And we went to Australia where we worked for about a year and a half and got some more money then carried on overland to Europe and back to Canada. Uh, and that sort of set the stage for the two of us to continue to travel for the rest of our lives. Uh, and it was her willingness just to, yeah, let's do it. And, and Okay, I'll follow you. Let's go. Wow, that's incredible. And especially, you know, at that time, you know, I think that's just such a, I, I talk about how it's such an incredible time to be alive. Now we have it's so easy to travel. It's so easy to work online, even for you and I to have this conversation, you know, a five hour flight apart. Um, the world is really supporting this kind of movement. But, you know, as the pioneers of, hey, let's be a, you know, the pioneers of the digital nomad hashtag. <laughs> um, exactly. It's a, it, yeah, it's incredible. Um, what would you say to, uh, a message to anyone who a, a large audience of people who have essentially really done what they were told. Uh, they uh, went to school, they got, they did good in school. They got a job. Uh, they're successful in their job. Um, maybe they, you know, they bought the house, they got married, had children, maybe got divorced, but they've kind of hit this point of, they're wanting a little bit more, which is just becoming so common in what I'm seeing in the world today and potentially thinking about taking the leap of whether it's traveling more, moving abroad, uh, trying to set a Guinness world record. What is your message to these people who are thinking about taking, taking a leap like this or any tips? The younger people, uh, I encourage them to get their backpack, head off to Europe or wherever, Southeast Asia, and uh, just do it. And that they, they'll they find that they're quite capable of solving the problems that occur, whether it's a language problem or a transportation problem or uh, meeting people, that kind of thing. Uh, with older people, uh, it's probably like, Perhaps you shouldn't uh, decide to travel to India for your very first trip out of the province or the country. Maybe you should uh, pick something closer to home, something a little more like home. But 
don't travel as a, a tourist. Don't expect to go to some country and have all the comforts of home and uh, think you're going to be in the same kind of uh, situation. Try and be a, a traveler. Go and experience uh, what the countries have to offer, their culture, the food, the music, the shopping, the chaos, uh, all those kind of things. Uh, be prepared for it, I think. Uh, it kind of upsets me sometimes where people want to travel to a different country, but they want everything to be exactly the same. Uh, you read on TripAdvisor, oh, the hotel was really good, but nobody spoke English. Like, well, give me a break. <laughs> what do you think they, they should be speaking? You know, like, uh, so yeah, open your mind and let yourself uh, experience uh, sights, the sounds, the smells, and everything else when you travel, rather than sitting in a hotel and sitting by the swimming pool uh, all day long. Get out and see what's happening. Absolutely. It's a great message. Um, definitely one that comes up often when I'm talking to nomads and people living abroad and traveling is managing expectations. And, you know, understanding that you are uh, it's funny, I talk about this in my podcast where, you know, back in Vancouver, I had the perfect podcast studio. I had the microphone. I lived in a concrete building, so you couldn't hear anything. And I come here and if I do a podcast, you know, I think my first podcast, I was like, oh, they started construction the same day. And I had to stop and say, come on, Joe, you signed up for this. <laughs> you know, you don't get to, you know, if that's what you wanted, that's the way it was. And just really, even with understanding that we have to remind ourselves every once in a while of course but i think that's absolutely and to do it you know and to grab your backpack and go and experience the world and how much you learn from traveling um my first trip i was 19 i moved to taiwan and that was you know really the other a different lifestyle that was quite a culture shock for me and but the, i learned more from there about empathy and how the world turns and soft skills and how to survive and all of these incredible things that you know that you just don't really get from from other places that are just so powerful and i i totally agree and you can always go back to your life if it you know if you decide to do it and it doesn't feel right but we should all try to do something that that helps us to step out of our comfort zone now there's a couple more things that I want to make sure that we cover here before we before we part ways. Um, on the Chosen Ones podcast, in the introduction, typically what I talk about is people who are living a life they love and also people who are making an impact in the world. That's something that I'm very passionate about, finding a way to give back and help others. And with this incredible venture that you're going on, planning to set these new records and just such an incredible feat. You're also doing this for a good cause. Do you want to share a little bit about that as well? The, uh, one of the things in the planning, there always seemed to be uh, a void, something missing. And I wasn't quite sure what it was. I remember very on, very early on the, over a year ago, I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll do this to raise money for cancer or something. And uh, I got talked out of that by a TV producer sort of thing. And uh, I didn't think much about it. I just moved on. And it was just uh, lately that uh, on social media and my postings that one of the people that follows me said, uh, you know, you're starting in the North Pole. Why don't you pick up some presents? And uh, because you're going to be arriving in Panama on in December, that maybe you could bring some presents down to deliver to the kids in Panama City. And I thought about it and said, okay, that's a good idea. And I looked up the North Pole and found out that Santa Claus' home is right there. Uh, a big store that sells, you know, Christmas things and toys and writes letters to the kids. Um, so maybe one way that I could give back was to start a fundraiser. And I started a fundraiser for Christmas presents for uh, children in Panama. And 
About $500 has been raised so far, and we're going to purchase uh, some toys and take them down to Panama. I have one village just over the Costa Rican border that uh, I'm going to ride through and um, deliver a bunch of toys to them, and then on to Panama, where I have a contact down there that's going to organize a school or an orphanage or someplace where we could drop it off. So I'm hoping we can raise even more money and buy more presents for the kids down there. Uh, it's a small feature, but it fits in with what I'm doing, leaving from the North Pole. And uh, probably would be uh, interesting with a big red bag of toys on my back as I cycle off into the uh, distance uh, at the start of it. Um, so it's a small thing, but... Uh, it's kind of filled the void that was missing in my goals to do this ride. I think that's what you're thinking about when you ask the question. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And how can how can listeners find this fundraiser? Is it online or to, for donating? Uh, it is online, and um, I just forget the forget the location right now. Uh, I'll have to give it to you, and I don't know whether you can post the. Uh, things at the bottom of your podcast absolutely we can put it in the show notes where they can find that absolutely yeah Uh, i just started the fundraiser a couple of days ago and so far it's generated uh, like i said five hundred dollars but i haven't memorized that link yet Uh, it's on donor box i know under christmas present okay yeah we can share that later for sure that's i think it's incredible one of the you know finding ways if a conversation of if you're traveling or you're moving to another country or becoming a nomad is just finding a way that you can give back to the community, a way that, you know, you can leave a positive footprint on being there as opposed to just, you know, going there to increase real estate prices. (laughs) You know, there's many ways and it doesn't take a lot. If everyone were to do a small thing or to even just to think that way, I think we could really transform the world in a powerful way. So uh, definitely it's, this collection of things that you're up to that really caught caught of interest to me. So uh, how can we follow you? And we can put this in the show notes as well, but if you want to share, how can we follow you? How can we follow your journey? Um, all that good stuff. Well, uh, I do have a, the Facebook page under Robert Fletcher, although there's a lot of Robert Robert Fletcher, so they have to look for Robert Fletcher uh, Edmonton okay. uh, and find that. Uh, we will be uh, posting a weekly YouTube video, the documentary. People will be doing that. Um, I do have uh, a blog that I have set up that's undergoing renovations now so that uh, this donation button can be added to it. Also, uh, I'm adding a, a button for purchasing, pre-purchasing the book that will be out in March of 2023. Uh, that particular book is going to be basically a, a little story of my life. And then each chapter is the experiences that we encounter during that week of uh, writing. And that will be uh, available, as I said, in March of 23 at the end of the ride. People can email me. I can give you the email address. I'm very happy to send them my day-by-day itinerary. I've got quite a few people that want to come and ride for a day or a few people that want to ride more than a day. Uh, I've got maybe a dozen people that have offered accommodation along the way. So if somebody wants my day-by-day itinerary, uh, I'll give them my email address. and I'll be happy to send them that. They can follow along. Evelo Bikes, my uh, one of my sponsors who are providing the bikes and generators and batteries and spare parts and a lot of other things, are going to run a challenge on their web- website so uh, people can get on their bike and they can put in 25 miles, 40 kilometers, and record it, and then they can see if they can meet the challenge of riding to Panama uh, in their own district. So uh, I'll be happy to share all that in the notes, and hopefully some of your viewers or listeners will uh, 
want to follow along. Oh, I'm sure they will. I definitely do. Um, it's be an incredible journey just to see what, see how it's going and just to watch the process. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, and I'd love to have you back on afterwards to talk about it and we could do a wrap up to see how it went and to hear all the, <laughs> yeah, hear all sure. the great yeah. stories, but um, then you then you can get my planning for South America. Oh, there we go, and I'll have to join one. Or... Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's it's only halfway Panama. I got to get the other half. Ab- absolutely. Um, I'm actually talked. Some random guy on Facebook was saying he was planning to go to South America on his motorbike, and I had messaged him about doing something like that. It's such an incredible experience to travel, especially Central and South America, with the roads and the weather and. It's just a such a beautiful country and the mountains and the ocean and the, and all of it. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I really appreciate the message that you're promoting for people in the world. This is a story that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, for sure. Um, you know, if you're doing this, then, <laughs> you know, it's always it's such an incredible example for people to say, well, if Robert's doing that, I, you know, like you said, if, if I have a broken hip, then I can do this or whatever it might be at any age. And I think it's just such an incredible example. I think the lives that sometimes we touch and the, and the ways that we can change lives, whether or not someone tells us, it can really be on a large scale by doing something like this. Sometimes we don't actually see the impact that we're truly making on some people's lives. Uh, I hope more people offer you a platform to share this with, and I'm sure I'm sure they will. Um, and yeah, with that said, is there anything you want to mention before we wrap up here? Or again, thanks uh, for inviting me. Uh, I've enjoyed this. Uh, it's not it's taken me out of my comfort zone to do a podcast. That's for sure. Uh, it's new and exciting, and and how to get it all set up. So thank you. For, uh, for your offer. My pleasure. And it was no problem at all. And uh, you're no stranger to wanting to step out of your comfort zone. So I see no problem there. Uh, okay. <laughs> without further ado, we will be following your journey. We will post all of the links in the show notes to how you can follow along, how you can donate, how you can stay in touch. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you listeners for sticking along and we will be back next week. Talk to you later. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Chosen Ones. If you did, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would mean the world to me. I know life is busy, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. Please also feel free to subscribe and share. You can learn more about me at mastersoflifesociety.com, where you can also find The Chosen Ones book and podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel, Masters of Life Society where you can find the videos of these episodes as well as my social media shorts. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Joseph Richard Powell. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all.